words on water. This episode is sponsored by NG North America. NG delivers safe, reliable, cost-effective, and sustainable energy solutions that meet customer needs over the long term and contribute to a carbon-neutral economy. Check out this episode's show notes to learn how NG is working with West County Wastewater to unlock new revenue streams and reduce carbon emissions by installing solar panels, LED lighting, EV charging stations, and wastewater treatment plant upgrades, including a new grit separation system, rotary drum thickeners, high-efficiency aeration blower, new digesters, and a cogeneration system powered by biogas. To learn more about NG, visit ng-na.com. That's E-N-G-I-E-N-A.com. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop, joined for this episode by Boyd Gregg. He is Senior Business Development Manager uh, for the Energy Solutions at NG North America. Boyd, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Travis. So uh, I'm excited for this conversation, you know, talking about kind of the intersection of energy and water. These two have a very close uh, relationship, and uh, it's it's a hot topic these days, uh, especially as there's so much attention paid to energy use and carbon and uh, changing climate and so forth. Um, Why? Does the water sector really need to pay more attention, closer attention to energy and carbon? Well, I think the the biggest reason is uh, water and wastewater is just a huge consumer of energy. If you look at it um, in the United States, I mean, I've seen estimates that range from um, that our industry uses somewhere between two and four percent of the total uh electrical demand in, in the entire United States. I mean that's a big number. Um and if you looked at sort of some of the key metrics, um what you'd see is that there's a big difference between um those that consume a lot on a kilowatt hours per million gallon basis and then those that consume less. And so there's a lot of room for improvement um in the sector um from those that are are most efficient to those that are least efficient. Um, mm. And so, uh, you know, you mentioned carbon. Um, there's a energy use is, a, is really a direct uh, influence on on how much carbon these utilities are emitting into the atmosphere. Mm. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned that up to four percent of kind of the nation's total energy use, and that's a a really big footprint for one individual sector to have. And I know I've heard even, you know, if you look at a municipality, if you look at a city, often its water facilities can be responsible for like a third or even 40% of that city's energy use. So uh, really, really important. What are the 
what are the big drivers there? You know, what are the big energy consumers and, and carbon drivers for water utilities? Where's all that energy getting used? Well, so if you think about it, kind of from from the source water, um, if you looked at, at drinking water, for example, we look at the source, you're, you're typically pumping that water from um, some distant location, potentially to a uh, water treatment plant, and then you have to distribute it back out through this entire system. And so for for water treatment, uh, it's typically pumping, uh, you know, maintaining the pressure in the system um, to get from the treatment plant to to the um, end user. Um, and then there's a fair amount of pumping water around in, in the actual treatment plants. Um, for wastewater, it's similar. Uh, if you look at you know, when you flush your toilet to uh, where it hits the collection system, you know there's pump stations that move that uh, into the wastewater treatment plants. And then within the treatment plants, you have a significant amount of uh, moving wastewater around within that system. Um, biologically, treating wastewater requires an enormous amount of, uh, of dissolved oxygen, which um, you know, that's provided by typically uh, blowers, which use a significant amount of energy as well. Um, there are other, other things within water and wastewater, mixing, dewatering, um, but you know, the, the big ones are pumping and, and aerating uh, these systems that, uh, that treat the, the water and the wastewater force. Hmm. Yeah, you know, at like what eight pounds a gallon, just water itself is pretty darn heavy, and then that's a uh, heavy stuff to move around. And then you've got all those other processes you mentioned there. Well, shifting a little bit maybe to like how to start addressing some of this, some of the solutions. Um, what are ways to improve kind of the energy and carbon situation for a water utility, you know, through upgrades, optimization, a holistic approach. Love to hear some of the some of the options for chipping away at this. Yeah, um, you know, I'd, I'd say like if you kind of look back historically, um, when a lot of the, the wastewater water plants were built, um, you know, that was done at a time where energy was cheap and controls were expensive. Mm. And and now the sort of inverse is true where um, controls are, you know, computers and PLCs and um, automation is less expensive, but energy is becoming more expensive. And so, you know, that's, I guess, a broad theme um, where, where we can capitalize on that um, because typically with uh, providing automation and controls, we we can get a little bit more efficient. Um, I guess you know if you looked at at a wastewater treatment plant or a water treatment plant, um, you know most people listening to this podcast would know it's these are all interdependent systems. Right. Um, and so sometimes improving one thing is going to impact something else. Um, mm. And so you know we like to look at it as a whole um, because changing one thing uh, might not have uh, as great of effect on, on, on looking at the whole system. Um, you know, I guess if we were to look at sort of discrete things, you know, I mentioned pumping um, earlier, aeration earlier. Um, you know, we look at, at anaerobic digestion a lot, um, and, and we look at that because we can actually 
produce energy there. Um, mixing systems, you know, that's another one where um, mixing is, you know, we use a, a, an enormous amount of energy to mix wastewater um, and water in, in treatment systems. Uh, you know, another one that comes to mind, which is um, sort of at the forefront of a newer technology, uh, would be pumping system optimization. Um, there are some pretty good systems on the market now commercially available that leverage artificial intelligence um, to improve those pumping systems. So they're real time can look at the entire distribution system um, or a network and, and optimize the pumps or the system, um, the valves, the, the entire thing uh, to, to minimize the, the energy usage. Mm. I'd love to talk a little bit about maybe then the benefits of taking some of these measures, whether it's, you know, kind of focused upgrades or more holistic kind of approach. Um, I, the things that pop to mind for me are, yeah, you're going to save energy uh, and there's a big kind of cost savings there, right? Uh, and certainly in energy bills and so forth. But could you talk about kind of the the different benefits you're going to get, whether it's, again, smaller upgrades or kind of a, a more comprehensive effort? What are the benefits of improving an energy situation at a utility? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you hit on the first one, which is, um, you know, lowering uh, energy costs. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier the uh, you know, if you looked at a, a municipal government, oftentimes their most significant expense on an annual basis is going to be the energy at a on a line item. You know, the energy at their wastewater treatment plant. Um, yeah, another one is uh, obviously reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. Um, you know, that's becoming more and more important um, as we talk about climate change. Um, you know. Then there, I, I'd say we can get into sort of second and third order benefits. Um, you know, second order is if we're looking at operating a pump or a blower more efficiently, um, when that piece of mechanical equipment operates more efficiently, um, it typically would have less vibration. Um, it's got less, there's less stress on the, on the piece of mechanical equipment, um, which means you're going to end up having less maintenance um, in the long run. Uh, that's less stress on the downstream piping, which um, uh, so, you know, fewer pressure fluctuations means you might, you could end up with uh, fewer leaks. So, um, but, you know, there's a whole host of, I guess I would call second and third order benefits that, that um, you know, often aren't as quantifiable, but, but they're significant. Mm. I, I love that point about the wear and tear downstream, if you will, you know, you, that, that, that there's those benefits there too. Um, curious about where uh, some of this activity might make sense. Are there parts of the country? Are there any states, uh, any, any places where it might make the most sense for, you know, utilities to pursue these type of, of upgrades and optimization? Well, I mean, I, we we would go to I think I think where it's more impactful is places where you have a really high energy cost um, mm. price per kilowatt hour basis um, or a demand charge on a on a price per kilowatt uh, basis um, and and then you know, on the demand side focus on where are we using the most energy um, you know what 
as regulations become um, more stringent, um, that typically requires uh, more intense energy use uh, to treat water and wastewater. And so, you know, we'd focus on those uh, locations where regulations are becoming a little bit more stringent um, mm. that, that are then driving higher energy usage. Um, and, and that's kind of the demand side of the equation. So, um, I mean, but, you know, broadly, I would just say, you know, we've got a lot of work to um, across our entire country uh, to optimize uh, energy usage um, within water and wastewater utilities. Circling back a little bit to the to the cost savings kind of piece, um, you know, I think that a lot of times when you do a project, you've got to outlay a good bit of cash, right? You got to invest in whatever that upgrade, uh, whatever that project is. Um, f- when it comes to an energy upgrade, a carbon reduction project. Um, how does it make financial sense, giving you know, looking at that ROI picture and so forth? Yeah, so I mean, we look at what we would call like a total cost of ownership model, and so if you're if you're undertaking upgrades, whether it be a, you know a discrete system or piece of equipment, um, or holistically, um, you know what what we we aim to do is pay for the the debt service on that uh, on that project using the energy savings or some additional revenue benefit or decreased maintenance cost. And so, um, in that sense, you know, an upgrade could potentially be cost neutral. Um, you know, if you looked at it on a pro forma on an annual pro forma basis. Does that mm. make sense? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, um, so. But but again, then, you know, that's focusing on just the cost side of the equation. Um, you know, we we talked earlier about, you know, there's there's additional environmental benefit. So we have greenhouse gas reduction, um, you know, again, maintenance, uh, downstream long term uh, wear and tear on on the equipment or the systems that, that we're dependent on. Mm, sure, sure. Uh why why now? Uh, um, you know, very curious about why this would be a good time for utilities to pursue projects involving energy and carbon. Um, yeah, love to get your thoughts on that. Um, well, I mean, obviously prices are increasing right now. Mm. Uh, we've all seen that from uh, the grocery store to the gas tank to uh, you know what you see at your in your uh, utility bill at at home or at work. Um, and so um, prices are increasing. So the economics of, of these projects are, are getting better. Um, they've been good, but um, as prices go up, you know, there's more incentive to save. Uh, and we've talked about uh, regulatory pressure to decrease greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and so, you know, that's another piece of it. Um, the the um, infrastructure bill that was recently passed, there's there's uh, money out there to do some of this work now um, that that hasn't been in the market uh, for some time. Um, and there's incentive. Um, there are incentives to to reduce greenhouse gases right now. So um, you kind of have a confluence of different events uh, that have made the um, made the economics of these 
projects really really good mm. uh and i guess lastly i'd love to hear a few examples uh you know you all work in the space uh what are what are some examples specifics of of projects here well i mean we talked about discrete um you know equipment or um systems um and i don't want to belabor that point um, mm. there but there are other um you know more complex systems that we get into so um you know um aeration systems um kind of moving up that complexity chain uh controls um looking at at automation um you know that's a a good example of uh a way we can we can actually um do more with less um which is what a lot of our our water and wastewater utilities are faced with right now um yeah, I'd say the thing that that I've spent a lot of time on in the last five or six years now, um, it would be energy production within wastewater. So looking at uh, co-digestion systems where we can produce energy um, from wastewater. And mm. so the economics of those systems and those projects are really, really good right now as well. So um, we're taking waste products that would potentially be landfilled, um, uh, which is going to be a net producer of carbon dioxide. Instead, we can capture that. Um, we can generate renewable biogas with it. And then we can do something productive with that biogas, whether it be running an engine generator to offset electrical usage or uh, drying biosolids. Uh, we can clean the gas and put it back in a natural gas grid um, and generate uh, revenue from um, through renewable energy credits so there's um there's a whole host of sort of uh of of things we can do projects we can undertake uh and and they run the spectrum of you know i would say the complexity chain so mm. um it's really you know everything from uh replacing the pump all the way up to these um large waste energy systems that are actually producing energy Incredible. A, a lot of opportunities, right? A lot of opportunities, big and small. Well, Boyd, thank you for the great perspective and information. Uh, really appreciate it on this, on this critical issue right now. So thank you. Thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me.